How's it going, wannabe superhero league members? We are back with another podcast, and on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about, of course, the two previous matchups, and a little bit of emphasis will be placed on the two losers. Unfortunately for Dan and Zane, it was not in your favor this week. Um, we'll go a little bit in depth about both those teams and maybe what they're going to be looking to do this offseason and what's kind of in store. And then, of course, we're going to finish up this episode talking about the two final matchups of the week, the conference final or conference championships, if you will, featuring Stefan versus Kevin and Nick Ruth versus Nick Weir. But we've got to do some introductions and it's a duo podcast today, as many of you have become familiar with. And I'm joined by Dan. Dan, do I even want to know how are you doing today? <clears throat> sorry, sorry, I, I just need to uh, undo the rope a little bit around my my neck really quick as I as I sit back down in my chair. Um, let's just let's just put it this way, man. I am stark ass naked. Uh, I have poured myself two cocktails, and I was not looking forward to talking this week, but. Ruth bitched out, so I have because it makes no sense for you to say, Nick, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, Nick. What the fuck's going on, man? Let me let me talk about how shitty Dan's fucking team is, uh, and how they shit the bed because they have fucking piss poor matchups and can't fucking close the deal. And fuck you, Kevin. Wow. Well, I mean, it's never easy to to lose. Oh no, it's fucking real easy. It's fucking real easy to lose. If you want to ask, ask fucking Sam. Sam knows how to fucking do it. I have apparently figured it out too. In fairness, you've run into a buzzsaw, and one thing I found that's very interesting. So for the last six weeks, Kevin is averaging over 175 points, 174 points a game. He's scored the highest point scoring for four out of those six weeks. And the two weeks that he wasn't the highest scorer, he scored 174 and 171 points, effectively. Needless to say, Kevin has been the hottest team in this league for the last six weeks. So what you're telling me is Kevin basically got on his knees and sucked off every motherfucking fantasy god, slung the cock deep down the throat in order to fucking try and pull off a fucking fantasy win. What a fucking low blow. <laughs> that or he like shoved like a, I don't even know. A, a football up his ass? A horseshoe up Derrick Henry's ass because he's been oh. carrying that team. And, and I mean, honestly, it wasn't maybe the most wild move that we talked about but the Tannehill trade that Kevin made you know at the trade deadline I think is paying dividends and that whole Titans offense I mean it's funny it's Tannehill but then it's all of course uh, benefiting you know Derrick Henry oh Derrick Henry look at Titans have a fucking guy that can throw the fucking football woohoo let's play pass defense oh shit wait Derrick Henry's gonna run right up the middle untouched for 85 fucking yards woohoo all right let's move on yeah well let's not quite move on because let's talk about the loss yeah let's talk more. about the loss so, a little bit more dan you unfortunately lost to kevin um and it goes without saying it's disappointing you've been arguably maybe the best team in this league all season and you kind of sputtered a little bit down the stretch um how do you feel about your team i guess going into the off season do you think it needs to be revamped was this a fluke you know how what's the temperament besides hating Kevin and everything he stands for. Um, I would, I would first off, like to see if anybody has found Christian McCaffrey in 40-point games. Uh, I could have used some of those as we were going through the stretch here. But you know what, man? All bullshit aside, I, I'm very happy with how the team turned out. I'm very happy with what's going on. Um, when I look at my roster, quarterback-wise, I'm, I'm sitting pretty. I've got a young guy that's, that's playing a little bit in Washington. Josh Allen's turned out to be... 
uh, amazing, and I'm, I'm going to go through and say that, yes, I've made some bold f- fantasy predictions that say Josh Allen's a 300-yard passer from certain weeks. Obviously, none of that's true. Still hasn't broken 300 yards, but I've got to be encouraged. And I've got these two older, middle-of-the-road QBs and Kirk Cousins and Drew Brees taking care of their shit. So I, I, quarterback-wise, man, I, I think I look good. Mm-hmm. Um, running back-wise, McCaffrey's a fucking stud. The, the Lindsey Freeman backfield's kind of favoring Lindsey a little bit more. Ingram's been a godsend out in Baltimore and, and very underappreciated or under-noticed, I guess you could, could go through and say, in yeah, his production value. Yeah, um, and then Darius Geis, fun fact, is back on the fucking IR. So, um, so but I think I have at least two two workhorse of running backs with a, a couple RB low-end RB2s, so to speak. So... Before you move on from yeah. running backs, I want to put you on the spot. You mentioned Darius Geis, you know, back on the, the injured or IR. How are you feeling about him? What's the temperament? Is it? I'm stubborn. Just... He's had moments where he's looked fucking good. Yep. And and there's, I think if Washington continues to improve an offensive line, Darius Geis, and as, as long as he's healthy, looks pretty damn good. And I challenge people if they think they're not, or oh, yeah. he's not. He's shown signs of life. He's got acceleration. He's a tank when he needs to be. Um, but fun fact, I don't know if you know this, Darius guys gets injured a lot. Unfortunately, yes. So, At least so I, far. But, yeah. you know, we've seen you're injury prone until you're not. Yeah, it and it'll be takes... interesting to see how Bryce Love comes back um, mm-hmm. off of that because Bryce Love was a, was a stud at Stanford. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I, I've got a mix of these guys with some younger guys and some handcuffs. So I don't know. I, I, again, I think I'm sitting okay in the running back department. Okay. And wide receivers or tight ends? I think wide receiver is a spot where I need to look at trying to acquire big-name talent and big pieces. I think this is what's going to help me. Um, my best wide receiver was Ju- is Julian Edelman. He's the only player that I have over 200 points. Jarvis Landry's a half a point behind 200 points, but to make my point, it sounds better when I say I only have one person over 200 points. <laughs> um, but Landry's been a godsend. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the whole Odell Beckham Junior becoming Antonio Brown saga uh-huh. um, to go this way. Thielen, that sucked. I got fucking burned on on part of that. It is what it is. Gallopsman, pretty much a stud for me. Um, and then I, I, but I don't have that guy that you go, wow, you've got this guy. Um, right. So I think that's a big need that I need to address either in off-season acquisitions or uh, or in the draft. And I think there's a couple of decent wide receivers that could potentially make that out this year. Mm-hmm. Tight end-wise, um, I ran into a bit of a buzzsaw here, too. Uh, Austin Hooper getting an injury. Gerald Everett getting an injury. It, it was a little rough. I've got, you know, you know, I've who got a couple you, of these awkward guys, but I've yeah, got to feel good if I'm an Austin Hooper. Week? Oh, wait, you started Austin Hooper. He yeah. Healthy, yep, he was healthy. But, I mean, I was down to the point where I was had to pick potentially between Nick Boyle or Jordan Akins or Tyler Croft. Fun fact, none of those are really fucking good options. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean – Austin Hooper, again, it, without an injury, top five tight end. Hands down, I said at the beginning, I'm going to go right back to it. Austin Hooper is a top five tight end, and he's being absolutely utilized to what he needs to be. So overall, I'd probably say I'm sitting about a 7 out of 10 as far as the expectations go and everything that's going with it. I think wide receivers I need a little bit of improvement on. I could use maybe uh, an additional second big tight end body depending on how Gerald Everett shakes up, and potentially another running back. But that would be how I view my team, and that's my soapbox. 
So with Austin Hooper, he's obviously a free agent, and he might be one of the biggest premier free agents this offseason. Are you worried about him leaving maybe the Falcons, going to a different team? I mean, how does that set? Do you think he's... I'm worried if he has to be turned into a blocking tight end. Um, I'd be nervous if he goes to a team that doesn't utilize the tight end. Um, but I think there's a lot of tight end needy teams, and this kid is is a, 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 an athlete. If If Drew Brees can make Jared Cook look good, I think Matt Ryan can make can make Austin Hooper look good, and I think Austin Hooper put on a, a relatively decent roster, has all the talents and the necessary pass-catching and traffic capabilities to be effective. All right. And going back to the wide receivers then, you mentioned Gallup. I mean, Julian Edelman's obviously your clear number one wide receiver, but long-term big picture, do you think Gallup's maybe the guy grooming? Is it... Yep. Landry, you know, do you I think like, Thielen can return back? I like Gallup. Maybe Tyler I think, Boyd? I think Gallup's the, Gallup's the man. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Dallas does with the Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott situation, and if they're going to pay both or potentially one. But mm-hmm. I think Gallup's playing for, for what he needs to do. Gallup's had one, two, three, four, five games over 15 points. One, two, three, four games under uh, 10 and one in the middle there. So a couple a couple injury weeks in, in three and four. But, I mean, overall, it's, you know, he's not having bad ones. Nine points against the Bills, nine points against the Patriots, two top five teams against the pass, mm-hmm. six points against the Eagles. That sucked because the Eagles are porous fucking pass defense. And he put up eight points against the Jets. Um, but he throws up 23 against the Lions, 24 against the Packers, 22 against the Giants. I, you got to be okay with some of what you see out of him. So, yeah, I'm encouraged by who he is and the right receiver he's becoming. Fair enough. What and do you then, think, man? I, I want to hear what you, you think. I think the one thing you glossed over, I do I'm – I'm a believer in Josh Allen. But, you know, if Drew Brees does retire uh, – um, don't, don't use the that, R word. Don't use that fucking R word. Uh, it's inevitable, though. He's getting to that point, and maybe it won't be this offseason, but it could be next offseason. And that, I mean, has to worry you a little bit. I mean, how do you feel about Haskins? You took him with the third pick in our rookie draft. Yep. I mean, he obviously hasn't lived quite up to that point, but, I mean, no. do you think he can still be a guy, like, long-term, or do you think, uh, no, I, I'm I'm worried he's going to be Josh Rosen? I don't think he's going to be as bad as Josh Rosen's going to be. Do I think he's going to be on Josh Allen's level? No. Um, I I think the Redskins have a lot of extra pieces that they need to put in. But Haskins has shown the ability to throw the football, run an offense, and take care of business. Um, There's been times where it's really looked fucking bad. So confidence-wise, I would say right now, looking at what I've seen, it's a 50-50 shot. If you give him talent and he sucks, he's done. If you don't give him talent and he still sucks, well, whose fault is that? That's on ownership. Um, but you've got to make the most out of your situation. And he's proven that he has potential, but it's very wishy-washy. So, again, I'm probably 50-50 on him right now. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, I mean, so quarterbacks, I mean, they don't concern me immediately next year, but it's just something to monitor. I agree with you with wide receivers. It's it's your clear biggest need. Um, Thielen it concerns me you know Edelman is old and I, I think he's at the age where he's 
those players get a little bit undervalued in Dynasty, and I think that can work to your benefit, but you can't really move him. You can't really do anything with him. You're kind of stuck with him for the rest of his career, which could work out, but if he drops off like the 34-year-old wide receiver that he is, that could turn out to be a problem. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, do you try to pull off that blockbuster? And I don't know what wide receiver could be available. I mean, there's, I'm sure, going to be a lot of moves this offseason. Or, you know, is it as simple as drafting a, I don't know, a CD Lamb or yeah. a Jerry Judy or something like that and just letting the rookie draft take care of it? But at the same time, too, I mean, can you afford to do that when you've got maybe the top asset in the game and Christian McCaffrey and you want to capitalize before he's Todd Gurley and falls off a cliff? Because yeah, that man, can what, happen. What's up with all the bad juju bullshit, dude? I like... mean, it's not, it's not bad juju. I think it's, <laughs> it's more so... You definitely have a team that can contend for a for a title. You know, you you're the best team this year, and I think you'll be among the best teams next year. But like, is that title window gonna close before you can win it all? Yeah, and that's and that's a question that everyone in this league is gonna run into at a yep. certain point. And determining when to go for it and when not to go for it is when you'll either make the right call or you're gonna get, catch yourself in the cookie hand in the cookie jar and make a mistake. So. I don't have the answer to that because I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's me just, either. it's, it's, I guess the million dollar question. Oh, so what you're telling me is that's drink for thought as I pick up my, my, uh, Tito's and vi- orange juice. Fun fact, this episode of Dan being a smart ass on the podcast is brought to you by Tito's hand spun mm-hmm. vodka. Grab one, grab a handle nearest your liquor store. I respect that. Hashtag ad. <laughs> I, you know, if only we had sponsorship. Yeah. Tito, Tito's, we're looking for a sponsor. Um, we, 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 I, I will brand name the shit out of this. So if you're listening, hit me up. Yeah. I mean, I think if I, one thing I wanted to do is like make a prediction in terms of what you, or not what you should do, cause you can do whatever you want, but maybe just a move in terms of, could this help you long-term? I think an interesting move. And again, this is going to depend on how the draft shakes out is, Let's say you know you're you're scheduled to pick at one point zero eight, you know the eighth overall pick in the rookie draft. Yep. Um, there's a lot of talent in this draft, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. You know, we're seeing a lot of these guys start to declare. You know, the combine before we know it is going to be here, and it's going to be in full swing. But you know, one name that's kind of interesting is Tua. You know, is Tua going to fall? I mean, what if Tua falls to your pick, and you know, what if your old man reaches out to you and he wants he wants a quarterback? You know, is there a move maybe between you and him for an A.J. Brown or something like that? You know, you can get younger, but also get maybe a stud. I don't know, but that's maybe a move because I think Jerry maybe wants a long-term quarterback, and maybe you don't think Tua is necessary as a elite young wide receiver could be. And I think, you know, someone like A.J. Brown is looking to be that. So maybe that's, that's not a prediction that I think will happen, but I think that's maybe a move that for your draft pick, could maybe make a lot of sense for you and hypothetically Jerry. So yeah. just a random idea. Oh, it's 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 all it's the same thing there. I mean, it's it's I'm I have a finite pick. I now know I have the eighth overall pick in the, in this draft, which gives me the ability to look at potential talent, look at how things some things might fall, see what Sam might want to do with his roster as he has to clear up a lot of additional space on his roster to figure out how he's going to go through and do. Would it would it make sense maybe to even for me to ship a, a, a different piece and 1.8 to move up 
too potentially to make sure I get that, that that additional piece. I think there's a lot of options that are in place, and now it just has to. We, I, I mean, we got to see the combine. Let's see what oh, happens yeah. via via part of that. But up is also an option, I think. Oh yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's funny because I mean, we look. I mean, I haven't asked saying this, but I, I'm curious how like a year later how he feels about shipping off the the first and second pick. Um, you know, that became Josh Jacob or Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray, well, Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs, you know, me and Stefan are, I think, benefiting from that move. And, you know, we would probably both do it 10 out of 10 times. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be a great option. I mean, cause there's a lot of teams ahead of you. I mean, Sam obviously has a very bare roster, but I mean, even Chris and Armand, those are weaker rosters. I mean, you have some young talent that could work for them i mean that's that's interesting that could yeah. definitely be in play i mean all right let's let's move on to talk about zane i think this is a this is a fun segue as we brought him up which is just like beetlejuice you say your name three times tito's 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 you get a sponsorship <laughs> um so let's let's talk about zane yeah so i mean zane i mean if we want to talk about you know bad luck you know bad juju oh we're going back to my team again now huh nope nope we're going oh, back okay. to just where it all really started you know I mean, outside of Kevin, because Kevin always had bad juju. And as I say that, he's probably going to watch Derrick Henry tear his ACL this weekend. But for Zane, That's I mean, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck retired before the season. And that kind of, I think, just threw an entire monkey wrench into Zane's plans. You know, he was obviously planning on having Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. And maybe that was going to be the, the top quarterback combo in the league. Well, that was out the window, and he was relying on Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco for most of the season. Now, thankfully, he's managed to address that position. You know, getting Lamar Jackson was a gift that keeps on giving, you know, from Chris. You know, I hope you didn't get Chris anything for Christmas, Zane, because that is all you need. You should be um, getting a fucking nice Christmas present in the mail, though. <laughs> but for Zane's team, I mean, it was kind of all an uphill battle. And then you look at, I mean we want to talk about a player that's lost the most value from Lamar Jackson might have gained the most value, but Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he was, and he still is a very highly sought after dynasty asset, but I don't think he's anywhere close to the top three dynasty asset that I think the consensus community had him like seven months ago. I mean, what is your read on Odell Beckham going forward? Oh, I mean, I, so the big question becomes is, is is he ever going to figure out where the fuck he actually wants to play football at? Because because there's rumors surfing around that, that he goes, oh, let's go play out with Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. You know, oh, let's just find another place. Like, this guy's going to jump from team to team until he fucking tries to figure out how he can win with that, which is, which is all great. But right now he's the 28th ranked wide receiver. If we went into the league right now and I said, hey, Nick, through 13 weeks of the season, or 14 weeks of the season, I'm sorry, these people would have a better fantasy production than Odell Beckham Jr. Rookie DK Metcalf. Would you believe me? I would be like, how's Odell Beckham Jr.'s ACL looking? Yes. Cole Beasley. How's his back looking? Did he like tear a, or break a vertebrae or something? Devontae Parker. Alright, now you're fucking with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, like, like in the last one I'll throw out to you is DJ Moore. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because DJ Moore, That's I good, think... That's because I jumped up to fucking 10 to pick his name out. <laughs> DJ Moore is... That's like 18 spots really, heavier than that. DJ Moore is really fucking good. Yeah, but I mean, 
Yeah, that's been. But still, like yeah. Odell Beckham, like that. You know, you look at Zane's team. It made great sense on from a dynasty perspective. He didn't have the running backs. I mean, I know he traded for David Montgomery and a few other filler pieces, but he had Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck. He had you know Odell Beckham Jr. He acquired DeAndre Hopkins. He had Tyler Lockett. He had some younger guys. You know, Paris Campbell, Anthony Miller. I mean, Darius Slayton's come on. And he, he has a great tight end core. Evan Ingram, Dallas Goddard, and Kyle Rudolph is great. I mean, he didn't have the running back spot, but he has he still has two draft picks. I mean, he's got pick yep. four and five. You know, that's huge in this loaded yep. draft class. He might get the top rookie running back, maybe, potentially, how things shake out. So, I mean, the foundation of the team made a lot of logistical sense, but unfortunately, Odell Beckham, you know, is he's really shit in the bed, and is he... Pulling an Antonio Brown, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think I think you brought up a nice piece here. Is is to me when I look at Zane's team, it, the word foundation screams out. When you can build around Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders, who's who's looked relatively decent in in Philadelphia, David Montgomery, again another young kid, who's looked relatively decent in Chicago. You've got a guy like DeAndre Hopkins that can take care of this, and then you have a Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, tight end piece. You've got a be feeling kind of nice. Tyler Lockett has, he's starting to go uh, bipolar like like Mike Evans is and and, and Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. but you've got to feel good if you're Zane, and again I look at I look at Zane's roster, there's improvement around what it is. Is Aaron Rodgers going to turn out to, to come back to the quarterback that he used to be, or is the, the number of injuries finally taking its toll on his impact into the game? Um, outside of, of OBJ, and DeAndre Hopkins, you've got Tyler Lockett, which is awesome. But is Paris Campbell potentially your next best option after that? Anthony Miller's down there. He's shown moments of, of lice. Darius Slayton is is actually the, the fourth biggest scorer on that on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at that, and you, you've got to be exciting about the names that you have, but can you get the value out of it? But I think adding an additional running back when we look at the, the draft here to play with um, David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. I do want to see what happens when Jarek McKinnon comes back, how he fits into the, to the San Francisco offense. I think that'll be a fun one. But outside of that, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside hasn't done shit this year. Paris Campbell obviously got injured. Um, and then Equinormia St. Brown doesn't exist in, in – I mean, obviously he's injured, but there's, there's a lot of these names that don't make any sense right now on his roster. Yeah, I mean, patience is often a virtue, especially for young wide receivers. I think our J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I think it was always going to be a quote-unquote redshirt year. Um, but it's obvious, you got to be discouraged because this Philadelphia Eagles team has been decimated at pass catcher and he's not capitalizing. Um, I still think long-term, you know, it could work out, but you've got to be at least concerned. And Paris Campbell, I mean, that goes back to Andrew Luck. I mean, Seven months ago, Paris Campbell might have been like a f- the fifth overall pick in a rookie draft because, oh, Andrew Luck, he's going to be great. Well, that went out the window when Andrew Luck retired. So Campbell worries me because can this offense actually support, you know, two fantasy wide receivers, two fantasy players outside of the quarterback? I don't know. Um, but he does have those draft picks, and this is yeah. a loaded draft. I mean, when you look at Zane's team, I mean, is it safe to say? I mean, is running back the, the weakest spot? I mean... How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is it quarterback? Is it, or is it the wide receiver? Does he need like another? You know, are you all out on Odell Beckham and he needs to do something? I there? don't think I'm all out on OBJ. I think 
if he maintains his mental stability, unlike the guy that's right below him in alphabetical order, Des Bryant, um, who had some issues that made a name for himself. Honestly, I think the other piece you've got to start looking at is quarterback. I think you hit it right. Joe Flacco's his career is probably done right now. Alex Smith is the interesting one. I want, I'm curious what will continue to happen with him and their recovery. I don't know if it sits well for him. But Ryan Finley has shown that he's not the answer. Tim Boyle has negative .1 points for being able to take a knee on the season. Um, Taysom Hill is – who knows what's going to happen with part of that. That could yeah. be a very interesting piece to backdoor into. But, yes, I think quarterback – when you look at this, I think quarterback and running back, you could say, are of equal importance – on Zane's roster. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I would give the edge... I think running back is a little more important because I think you're really living on hopes and dreams with Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. Um, I first, I just don't know if Philly's going to ever have like a legitimate, like, bona fide, no-question starter running back for fantasy football. I think they're always going to be complementary pieces and... I don't. I just don't see Sanders being anything more than that. Being a nice, solid maybe running back too. So understanding the additional pieces that that are in place here. If you're Zane and you're looking for a pre-draft trade, are you targeting a running back or a quarterback with the picks and players that you have, and the other one you have to address in the draft? So I mean. In a perfect world, I mean, let's first of all look at what quarterbacks could he realistically trade for because it takes two to tango. You know, you can't say, like, I'm going to trade for a quarterback. Well, who's he going to trade for? I don't know if I'm going to move any of mine. I mean, Nick, I doubt, is going to be moving any of his. Gardner Minshew, I think, is the interesting one on Nick's roster. But even still for Nick's team, I mean, then he's going to have a hole at quarterback, and Nick has, like, zero draft capital the next two years. I, I, mean, I mean, at that point in time, I guess I put a little stock into Baker and and Dak. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, I guess what does Zane give up, and does that justify Nick losing a starting quarterback? Because nope, starting quarterbacks are you know, valuable. Three so by six is, is 36, and there's oh. only how many teams in the NFL? Only 30, Only 30, which means six teams potentially don't have one. And at this moment, I have four starting quarterbacks on my roster, which puts people even more at shit. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... I think if you're Zane, I guess you want to address the quarterback in the rookie draft, right? Just because that's where know, I would. Agree I'm with assuming you. Yeah. Joe Burrow or Tua is gonna go for sure, probably one, one or two, depending on how things shake off. Probably one. So that means will the second one be there at pick four? And that's you know could be a million dollar question because when you look at Chris's team, Chris is picking three, and he's got. Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, the aforementioned Andrew Luck, and Drew Locke, who's kind of come on and been very yeah, strong he's, and he's very, very good, exciting. Yeah. So maybe Chris doesn't go quarterback. But when you look at tanking for Tua, I mean, the name says it all. He's quarterback! Got Mitchell, he's got Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Will Greer, and Teddy Bridgewater. And Sam just has Carson Wentz. So, I mean, we could see a case where quarterbacks might go one and two, Burrow and Tua in some order. And if that happens for Zane, I mean, again, a lot to shake out. Who knows? Maybe three quarterbacks will go in the top ten of the NFL draft, and maybe Zane will be completely justified in taking one at four and five. I don't know. I think maybe trading back, you know, maybe you and him are a fit. Maybe you trade up from eight to four to get a running back or to get a wide receiver from eight to five and 
Zane moves back and he can draft a quarterback there. I don't know. Um, Options are always good. Yeah, I think if Zane does make a trade, I think trading for a running back makes a lot more sense and a lot easier to pull off. Um, I mean, I'll just go back to the Jerry well. I mean, if Jerry does maybe try to take a step back, I mean, are they a fit for maybe Ezekiel Elliott? That I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. Zane's got two draft picks. I mean, he's got some other intriguing players. Maybe that could work out. You know, maybe Aaron Jones, maybe Marlon Mack, who knows. But if Jerry does try to... And who knows what Jerry wants to do? I'm speculating, but if he does try to go that route, I mean that you know could be a nice fit for Zane trying to get, get a deal done for a running back if that's the option he wants to do. Yeah, awesome. I'm also through one drink, so uh, we should probably be about halfway through this podcast right now. <laughs> well, so obviously, I mean that's the matchups of the week. I mean you lost to Kevin. You know Zane lost. Thanks for rubbing that group. in again. Really appreciate um, it. <laughs> for Zane's team. If you okay, so you mentioned running back, you mentioned quarterback. What does he need to do if he can only do one thing to get back to the playoffs next year and contend and hopefully win a game? Pray. That's it. Um, I do what take Kevin's method and suck off every fantasy god you can. Um, I think I think the piece that carries is running back. I think he needs the additional running back piece to have a shot. Okay. You can, you you can hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers doesn't die, um, that his offensive line, that Green Bay gives him actually offensive weapons so that he can be more productive than he is by not throwing the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling and having to rely on old man Graham. Um, I think you have to address the running back spot first. Hundred percent agreed. It's a big question mark. That that is the spot to address big time. That is the spot. <laughs> Just like this Tito's, it's the spot in my stomach. Hashtag ad. Dominating the game, Dan. I'm trying, it. dude. I'm really pushing hard for this sponsorship. I think our viewer count's almost doubled. I think we're from, like, where we start? With the nine people that are watching here, I know a couple girlfriends have listened to this, a couple outside people. So I, I think we might be, on the conservative side, up to potentially 13 viewers. I mean, that's that's game changer. If we hit 15, I think Tito's has to sponsor us. I, I think it's a hashtag ad. You got it. <laughs> well, let's talk about this week, and that that's the conference championships. It's the Marvel division is featured, or the Avengers division is Nick Ruth and Nick Weir, and the Justice League is Stefan versus Kevin. And let's start with the Justice League and talk about this Stefan versus Kevin matchup. Um, how are you feeling about this one, Dan, on, on paper? Because right now the Vegas line, um, sorry to jump in before you say anything, the Vegas line has Stefan by seven points. Well, when I I look at part of this, I look at David Blau, fuck Kevin. Ryan Tannehill, fuck Kevin. Mm -hmm. Barkley, Freeman, Gurley, Henry, and White can fuck off, along with Kevin. Gallaudet and Moore can fuck off with Kevin. So can Hunter Henry. So, fuck, ass. Um, okay, actually looking at this where I try not to hate Kevin in every ounce of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady's got Cincinnati. That's a beautiful matchup to have to have. Jared Goff in December. Actually, fun fact, I don't know if you know this, Jared Goff only knows how to play football during the month of December. Apparently, so you've yeah. got to feel really good about that. Um, Tannehill's got Houston, which I think is a decent matchup. And Blau's at Tampa Bay, which is a really kind of a tough matchup. Running back wise, I think the the pieces Actually, that you, I'm gonna yep I'm gonna stop me yep quick. go ahead. So let's talk about Kevin's quarterbacks. Let's not talk about Kevin at all, unless it's well, fuck you, Kevin. 
let's talk about he who should not be named quarterback. Voldemort. Voldemort. David Blow. Or Blau. Blau. I, yep, Blow. Kevin, it's because Kevin Blue, the fantasy gods, got it. Exactly. Exactly. David Blau. I mean, Daniel Jones against Miami. Isn't that... I mean, I know Tampa Bay is a very juicy matchup, too. But how do you feel having to pick between one of those quarterbacks for a chance to go to the championship? Well, for Kevin, you've got to hope and pray that it makes it really easy that if Daniel Jones isn't going to play, life has got to be pretty good. Because oh, yeah. there's still no the... He was limited in practice. Um, mm-hmm. He's out of the walking boot, though, so that encourages part of it. But Miami also hasn't really been a slouch the last couple of weeks. They've actually looked relatively... NFL-like, which mm-hmm. is encouraging to see. Um, it, it, you've got to be tempted to do it, though. Daniel Jones has looked every bit um, of a top quarterback that he that he needs to be. It, this is the, the the flop your dick on the table and show how fucking big it is against a, a really bad team. You've got to be thinking about it. All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it from what it sounds like, Daniel Jones isn't going to be starting, but that's just, I guess, oh, something to makes monitor. It really easy. I think Kevin should start Daniel Jones this week. <laughs> All right, continue on with the discussion. I don't think for Stefan's team that I would consider Jacoby Brissett over Brady or no, Gossett's weights. Yeah. Um, running back-wise, looking at the matchups here, you've got to – you got to lean Stefan a little bit. Uh, Devonta Freeman against San Francisco, I don't think you can feel really, really overly good about. Um, outside of that, I mean, you've got to look at – that's probably the worst one that he has. The worst one on on Stefan's side has got to be Melvin Gordon against Minnesota, I think is probably the toughest matchup that he has. And mm-hmm. if Josh Jacobs is healthy, that's, I think, the dice roll. I get he's, he's, he's feeling better. Uh, he practices in a limited fashion, which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna check the next forty hours to see what happens. So you've got to be prepared to 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 not quote a a friend's thing, but you'll appreciate that pivot. Um, <laughs> well, but I, I think you've got to you've got to be kind of kind of leery there. If if Jacobs is a go, you got to feel good. If Jacobs isn't a go, oh, fun fact: Todd Gurley's on the other side. What do the Rams know how to do? Play football in December. Well, I'm curious if Josh Jacobs doesn't go is. Stefan 100% confidently starting DeAndre Washington? I think, yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see I any agree. issues with that. When you look at all the other different options, um, Devontae Parker, I think, is going to be a very interesting piece here. Um, he was in non-contact today, so that's an additional piece that you could look at. Um, he's, he's done very well. Brandon Cooks can't be trusted in general. Mm-mm. But, yeah, I think DeAndre Washington's the next piece that you go to. But at the same point in time, James White's on the other side. That that game could be a fucking shit show, and James White could catch three touchdown passes, and this could be an entirely different game. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's an interesting that. piece. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the, the wide receivers. I really like Kevin's matchups. I understand yes. Tampa Bay's got a decent thing, but Marvin Jones Jr. is not playing anymore, which mm-hmm. means Kenny Galladay's got to catch a lot of balls, and DJ Moore is the is a, he's the 10th fantasy wide receiver in the game. Tyree Kill against Denver. Denver looked relatively decent. Cortland Sutton against Kansas City. That's going to be a, a fun game for Kevin to watch as far as that goes. And then Golden Tate against Miami. Um, but Darius Slayton's actually been a hell of a lot better than Golden Tate's been over the last couple weeks. So that's kind of concerning. 
I was going to say the Golden Tate start. I mean, I don't know who I would start over him. I mean, I think I'd consider Ronald Jones. Devontae Hell, Parker's consider... the guy if if he can get out of concussion protocol. I don't see a reason. If, if Devontae Parker clears concussion protocol, he has to be the guy to play. Has to be. I, I, I will fight you in every single way, shape, or form if you tell me it's not Devontae Parker to start at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean... I guess I agree with that. I, I mean, who who else would you pick? Definitely not Brandon Cooks. No. Jake Jake Kumaro's been whatever, but you're starting a four-string wide receiver behind that for whatever. Josh Reynolds has been okay. Tawan Taylor doesn't exist in an offense. Terrell Williams has been does he has he did he even get points last week? Oh, he got six points. Okay, three for thirty-five. That's a tight end's position. Yeah, I mean, I think the for me the only two position or two players I consider, well, three is obviously Devontae Parker, I think Ronald Jones, and then, again, this would be risky. I don't know if I would do it, but it has to be said. David Njoku against the Arizona Cardinals. Tight ends have torched them Yo, all year. Bad. And, again, he didn't do much last week. It was his first game back in, like, two months. Yep. But that is as juicy as it gets from a fantasy perspective. And that would make me think. Um, those three players would definitely be the ones that I'd consider. It's an interesting, it's an interesting way to look at it. I, I don't know. If I I'm guess sold I would go Devonte Parker. You, no, no, the answer is always Devonte Parker right now. It's always okay. Devonte Parker. But uh, the Injoku piece, I get, I get the, I get the piece to it. I get the, the allure, the upside. I also think that's a trap. So let's okay. So let's say Parker's ruled out. Are you going with Golden Tate then, or who would be your replacement? Is it bad? Part of me wants to say Latavius Murray. I mean, it's not bad. It's risky. I mean, Murray's been the bell cow. Very effective. Or, not the bell cow, but he's been very effective, like you said. Um, But it's it's risky. I feel like you're banking on a touchdown for him, and that could easily happen. It also couldn't. I mean, the Colts team is feisty. I think I would probably go with Ronald Jones. Uh, but that might be just as risky. Yeah, it's hopes. And I don't prayers. think I would start Golden Tate though, especially with if. Okay, let me backtrack. Tate's if a gamble. Da- if, if Daniel Jones starts, I would be more confident starting Golden Tate. But if it's Eli, I'm not confident. I, I would, would not. I would agree nothing with you to there. do with Miami besides Darius Slayton, I guess, or Evan Ingram. But that's doesn't yeah. I I would say that for me, I would start either. I don't know, Ronald Jones or Latavius Murray over David Njoku. Okay, that's fair. I mean, Njoku, I think it's it's a Hail Mary play. I think if, I mean, when is, it's a 3 o'clock game, I mean, no, you can't even do anything. That would be if, does Kevin have any Thursday night players? Like, if Stefan needs a miracle and needs points, but no, Kevin doesn't have Kevin any Thursday night players. Kevin doesn't have any Thursday night players. He's 1, so, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't start Njoku, but I think there's there's merit to at least considering it, given the matchup. Mm-hmm. I, All I'll, right, give well, let's... You, I'll give you merit. That's it. Are we going to make picks now or are we making picks at the end? Let's let's do picks now. We let's just do talk picks about now. The matchup. Um, how did we do last week, um, by the way? Um, so Ruth went two for two, sending his picks in, but just like normal Nick Ruth, he didn't send us our picks in this week. You and I both went one on one, one and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost myself. You lost on Zane. Um, 
So you and I were both 50-50, just like I stated, what happens with all of the rest of the things when we agree and disagree and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Stefan. Yeah. Because fuck you, Kevin. I mean, I'm not doing it because fuck you, Kevin. I think Kevin has a great team. I'm just, I'm really worried about his quarterbacks, and maybe I shouldn't be. But they, it's just an uneasy feeling. I'm going to go with Stefan as well, but I don't feel great about it. I think this is a very close matchup, and yep. it's, yeah. So when you and I do podcasts together, excluding the fact that Ruth submitted his picks here, but even then it wouldn't. We're 9-6 and six when you and I pick together uh-huh. in, in these matchups. If we consider last week where we take Ruth out of it, we go to 10-7. and seven. So we're still batting above the 500 mark. Mm-hmm. With, with it all, so that's got to you. Got to feel good from a statistics category that that Stefan's got to feel good about what he's what he's bringing to the table and the fact that he's got you and me in his quarter because we all fucking hate Kevin. <laughs> I I don't hate Kevin. But. No, don't fucking lie to Kevin. You hate Kevin. Say it with me. I hate Kevin. Kevin's a cancer. I will not. All right. Kevin's well, a a fine lady. Kevin's a Kevin's a fucking fantasy reaper. <laughs> Let's move on to the next matchup and talk about Kevin's brother Nick who's going up against me in the conference championships for the Avengers division. Um, it's the, the build-up to this point. I mean, it's kind of always been us, us two neck and neck this entire season in that division. Um, how are, I'll let you kind of take the lead on this one. How are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, right now, sorry to interrupt. I always do this. The Vegas uh, line has um, my team actually currently by five points. Yeah, there's a... There's a lot of interest in this piece to it. Um, oh, actually, yeah, backtrack. It's must have updated. The Vegas line has me by 1.9 points. So oh, Nick so made a change or something. Something happened here. Okay, so that, that makes it a little bit more juicy. I don't think it changes part of it. But Baker Mayfield against Arizona. You've got to love that. Oh, yeah. On the other side, Russell Wilson against Carolina. Fun fact, I don't know if you know this, Carolina sucks at football since they got rid of Ron Vera. They also <laughs> sucked at with football with Ron Vera, but at least Christian McCaffrey was worthwhile. Um, so you've got to like that mashup. So you got to look at the next one. I think this is where it gets a little bit more juicy. Dak Prescott against the Rams. Can you say it with me? What do the Rams like to do in December, Nick? Play, play good football. Yeah, play good football. It's that's an interesting piece to it. And Deshaun Watson has does not have a layup game against Tennessee. Um, I think you can flip the coin between those two matchups. I think it's a it's a little bit closer than what projections might be. I would agree with that. Between that, but I, I think you can almost just – I'm going to wash quarterbacks away and say that that both guys have interesting matchups. You have 1 o'clock games. Ruth has 4 o'clock starts. And it's an interesting way to look at part of that that says that you're both – you've got two quarterbacks on the road. Nick's got a quarterback on the road but one at home. Mm-hmm. So one home field advantage, does that give him the edge? I don't know. Running back-wise um, – does Nick have a different running back that he can play instead of Joe Mixon? Because Joe Mixon's playing the Patriots, and that sucks. It's not ideal, but they've looked a little mortal compared to earlier this year. Yeah, and then you have James Conner in. Is James Conner going to play? He practiced in full. Holy shit. He did, yeah. So it's Do you currently... trust him, though? Yeah, if he's, if he's good to go, I'm going to roll the dice with him. I'll okay. say that right now. Dalvin Cook's been pretty good. But I like this Devin Singletary kid. Um, let's see here. 
they play the they play the against Steelers. the Pittsburgh though. I I like the him Steelers? against Pittsburgh. I do. He he's looked good. And then Raheem Mostert. Um, yeah, that's a. He's, he's been You're not a, feeling that one? I, You know, at the end of the day, man, like I'm pulling up a stat line right now. Uh-huh. 10 for 69 with a touchdown, 2 for 40 in a score. So two scores that week. Oh, yeah. Against the Saints. Ravens, this is probably a more interesting. Well, I, the Saints are really good against the run, too. Let me, nine, 19 for 146 in a touchdown, but 2 for 8 in the air. So roughly about two catches is what you can guarantee yourself. Some groundwork there. It's hard to argue against it. It really is. So I, I, I like the play. I'm looking at your bench and realizing that you don't have a whole lot of other options. Yeah, I mean... With that, the only other options, I mean, you can take your pick between do you start Nikhil Harry against Cincinnati and maybe he gets a little extra time and blow up bullshit? Do you start Hollywood Brown against the Jets? Um, John Ross is back, isn't he? He is. Um, but against the Patriots, no. To be yeah. honest, I was between three guys you didn't even mention, or two guys you didn't mention. Sonny Michelle, I feel like it could be a sunny game against the Bengals and maybe shifting to a blowout and then wanting to run the ball. Or, as risky as it sounds, maybe Patrick Laird. Who? Exactly. He plays for the Dolphins. He's kind of their... Who? He's De- actually... Oh, Devontae Parker's team. Got it. Devontae Parker's team, yes. Correct. He, he's someone I'm considering. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. It's a, I think that could be a an interesting game time decision as things begin to creep up. Um, intuition could probably take over and yeah. you could sway part of it. But I, I, can I fault you for starting Moster? No, absolutely fucking night. Last two weeks, he's put up 48 points in fantasy. That's kind of nice. So it really depends on, if we're being honest, what side of the bed Kyle Shanahan wakes up on yep. and who he wants to feature in the running game. Yeah. Of late, it's been Mostert, but we'll see. I mean, it could a- easily be a Coleman game. It could be a Maprita game. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. So yeah. it's risky. I might change my mind, but right now I, I feel like I gotta roll the, uh, roll the dice with Mostert. Yeah. So I'm gonna skip wide receivers because okay. I wanna I wanna talk about them last. Okay. And I wanna go into the tight end spot. Travis yep. Kelsey, bona fide stun, stud. Uh, Kansas City. He's gonna get his targets. He's gonna get his fair share. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrew against the Jets, you've got to be feeling good. Understanding that that is a Thursday night football game, and my rule of thumb is I really hate anybody that's playing on fucking Thursday night. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. But you've got to like the matchup. You've got to like the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then Darren Waller against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been kind of a sieve on the backside with that. I would be curious if both Andrews and Waller outscore Kelsey this week. Part of me, and I'm a Kelsey owner and I'm playing him in another league, I get scared with part of the Denver matchup. Mm-hmm. Denver looked really good last week. Um, They've been sneaky decent. I think place. this is a, a – well, I'm also bought the Kansas City defense, so I'm really pulling for Kansas City this week. In some <laughs> of my other leagues, has, you know, just kind of what I'm doing. Hey, guys, this is Dan playing football. Yep. Sorry to wet my whistle there with some Tito's. Um, the drink of the people. Yeah, oh, it is. It's hashtag ad. Uh, that that's a fun matchup. I, all right, do you have anything on tight ends, or can we break down this wide receiver thing? This is what I'm really excited um, for. I mean, the only thing, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. He left early with a concussion, but Jared Cook has been kind of on fire the last it's five weeks really or pretty. so. Actually, even more than that, really, the last like seven weeks um, that he's played. He he set up for two games. I mean, how he's someone I'm thinking about. I mm-hmm. mean, how, how do you feel about Jared Cook? Love him. Yeah. Absolutely love him. If I could start 
So in one league, I actually own Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook. Uh-huh. If I had the ability to start both of them, I would. I do, but I'm going to start Tom Brady instead. And that's a yep. ballsy decision for me. Because I think Jared <laughs> Cook actually has a decent matchup against Indianapolis. I think he's proven what he can do with this. He's a guy that you could start over Raheem Mostert, and I would feel confident about what he could put together. Um, I really like Jared Cook. I do. And especially okay. in a tight end premium league, you get the additional value with it. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. that's Yeah, he's someone I'm considering. I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably play mental gymnastics the next few days and hopefully figure it out for the best. Yep. I, and every part of me wants to say, you know, that there's a there's a matchup that, that Nick can go with, but that's that's not the case for his tight ends. He's got a lot of nice tight ends, just really shitty matchups right now. Yeah, Witten against absolutely. the Rams. Ebron's dead. Herndon against Baltimore. Um, Herndon's dead. Yeah, I mean, that's a fun one. But looking at looking at the wide receivers, James Washington against Buffalo, that's a really rough matchup. Mm-hmm. That's a that's one that I look at part of this. And, yeah, Mike Evans is, isn't looking pretty good. The Kelvin Harmon piece is interesting to me against Philly. Um, understand that he's got some wiggle room with part of it. Mm-hmm. But every part of me says maybe this is a, is a week where he comes out. Philly's been not that great against the pass. Yep. But Curtis Samuel against Seattle, you got to feel good about. Diggs against the Chargers, you have to feel really good about. Mm-hmm. John Brown's been a fucking stud. And Keenan Allen has a really tough matchup. Amari Cooper's playing playing the Rams, and as we've said 18 million times, and you're all sick of me fucking saying it, the Rams play really good football in December. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods against Dallas, again, another interesting matchup. And then you have this Allen Robinson guy. Allen Robinson's been relatively pretty damn sexy with three consecutive weeks over 20 points. Mm-hmm. Granted, the, the week against the Cowboys, five for 48, but he got the end zone twice, yep. which helps. But target share over the last weeks. Six receptions on 10 targets, eight receptions on 12 targets, five receptions on eight targets. So the volume's been there. The problem is, is what the fuck happens if you don't find a Mitchell Trubisky that knows how to pass the ball? Yeah. And that's a scary piece to it. I, I, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to go. Nick's got two guys Sunday night playing in a battle there. Um, the Washington piece, again, I'm not overly thrilled about. This is going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, I'm definitely nervous. I'm still debating a few start-sit decisions, but it's it's going to be close. I think the 1.9 points that it has us separated is very very indicative of how I think this matchup is going to end up being, and it's going to be a toss-up, and it'll come down to probably those Sunday night games and those players we have going in. I, I was just going to say that. This comes down to... How confident are you in starting John Brown and James Washington against James Conner? And And where do you feel yourself at? And John Brown has been nothing short of spectacular. One week over 30. uh, He's had a couple of tough matchups, 5.6 against the Ravens, 10.7 against the Cowboys, 11.9 against the Broncos. But every other week except one, he's been over 10 points. So he's been extremely consistent. You've got to like that feeling. Um, I'll let you go ahead and, and make your pick first here. I already typed it down because I think I know what it is. But I'll let you yeah. officially declare it here. I mean, I think 
it's in such a close game and cl- close matchup what I think this is going to be. I look at like just individual matchups and what kind of just sticks out as like a just a marquee start set decision. And I think Nick has probably the overall juiciest matchup with Baker Mayfield against Cleveland or against um, Arizona. And that one just just scares me. And yeah, I I think Nick's going to get it done and he's going to move on to the championship to face Stefan. So when when you say Nick, you're Nick not saying yourself, correct? No, I'm not speaking in the third person. Okay, just wanted to be 100% sure because it's a Nick versus Nick matchup, and after Dan's Touché. had a little bit of Tito's, he wants to make sure that shit gets correctly on the statistical sheet. Um, so I look at statistics, and I think this is fun. Welcome to mm-hmm. Dan's stat corner. So I've picked Weird Win nine times. I've never picked against him. And I've been 7-2 and two with picking Weir. Ruth, I've 8-2, and two, which, that, oh, that's because I had to pick, that's because of Nick picked last week and Weir had to buy. That's why my numbers are a little drastic. Sorry, hashtag Tito's. 8-2 um, and two with that. 7-3 and three when I pick Ruth. Okay? Mm-hmm. It gets very interesting here. Weir, when you pick Ruth to win, you're 5-5. Five and five. So you're basically giving yourself, again, a 50-50 shot to doing it. When Ruth picks you he's five and one when he picks himself he's three and four he can't feel good if you're picking yourself being nick ruth with part of it um i think this game is extremely close i think this game's super interesting i too am gonna pick ruth this is a i like again like you said i like the quarterback matchups Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about this being a bad juju podcast, we can go down those roads. But I think, I think, and this is going to be this is my ballsy decision that I'm going to make. Baker Mayfield puts up at least thirty this week, and that's the difference. I, that's what I'm kind of expecting. I think he's going to have a huge game and. Yep. Now yep. that they're pretty much eliminated, I feel like Cleveland is going to do their stupid thing where they start winning games. Yep. And the the other piece that I'll have, too, is Devin Singletary gets in the end zone twice. I can see that. Three guys playing Sunday night for, for Ruth. Not looking forward to that. No, I hate I, when but, it comes down t- to these primetime matchups. But I tell you what, if you can get a decent run out of Mark Andrews to start your Thursday night game, it makes it very, very interesting. But... Uh, where we both picked the same matchups this week. Again, if you want to call us nine and six or ten and seven, if you want to count Roos picks for last week, you've got to or you got to be feeling a good with part of it. So I'm not feeling great. It's it's you're in the same spot I was last week. You got some interesting matchups, some tough some tough sledding here. If I were you, I'd find Clark W. Griswold, get a little bit of that kitchen spray, put it on your sled, and see how fucking quick you can get down that hill. Help. Drink some Tito's to that. I love Christmas. I love everyone. Have a great weekend, and best of luck to the three other teams playing. Yeah, not Kevin. Bye.